Hello everyone and welcome to episode 20 of Addy Time, a Games and Rap Studio podcast with me, your host, Steve Watkins. And the group stages are almost finished at the World Cup. As I record this, I'm currently watching Cameroon versus Brazil. I guess I could have waited until this game had finished and recorded a little bit later on, but I'm tired. I don't want to wait. And I thought I'll just record, you know, if anything happens, it'll make for an interesting podcast. You know, a live, almost live, you know, play-by-play, even though you're going to be listening to this the day after the game has finished. And I may have even finished the podcast by the time the game has finished, but we'll see. We'll wait and see. So I didn't want to do an episode after uh, the last round of group games, because I thought, you know what, by the end of the week, the group games will be finished. And we'll know who is playing who. And that's where we're pretty much at, barring these last uh, set of games that are currently being played, which is Brazil, Cameroon and Switzerland, Serbia. Now, last weekend, I tweeted out that I thought the World Cup was very in danger of being one of the worst World Cups ever. Uh, whether I was still sort of reeling from or, you know, still frustrated from England's nil-nil against the USA, which in hindsight, you know, wasn't a terrible result, didn't concede, didn't lose. And as you know, England went through with a with a convincing 3-0 win against the Welsh. And they topped the group, seven points. So... The lot's happened since then. We've had the final lot of group games, and I'll tell you what, it has been crazy. Crazy, crazy. Um, let's take a look at Group C, for example. So, you know, there was no guarantee that Argentina could go through. You had Saudi Arabia were were, um, were had a, had a slim chance, I guess, um, and then you had Poland, Mexico as well, and, and it was Argentina versus Poland. I thought Poland were absolutely awful, really, really poor. And at one point during the night, you had Poland and Mexico on the same points, goal difference, and goal scored. And it looked like Mexico were going to be going out of the tournament based on disciplinary points. They'd got more yellow cards than... Uh, Mexico had got more yellow cards than Poland. And that is how Poland were going to make it through. Mexico are obviously pushing for that third goal to try and make the goal difference uh, in their favour to put them through. Favour to put them through. That's better. I didn't really say that properly then. But Saudi Arabia broke and scored, which then obviously swung the goal difference in in Poland's favour. And they have made it through to the round of 16. So that's just one example of a a crazy night. Uh, Australia have made it through out of Group D. Uh, France, you know, did lose to... uh, Tunisia, albeit, you know, Tunisia uh, weren't able to qualify anyway. Um, but I think for me, the big surprise out of that group is is Denmark finishing bottom. Uh, a lot of people's dark 
horses going into this, thinking that they could, you know, potentially replicate what they did last summer at the Euros, where they reached the semi-final against England, and maybe they could do the same again and reach the latter stages of this tournament. I think when you when you actually look at sort of pre-tournament, there was a lot of talk in Denmark that you know there was just very little interest in this from the Danish perspective because of all the political stuff and, and all of that stuff that's been going on that was heavily talked about pre-World Cup. Uh, Denmark were one of those teams that wanted to um, have the badge the same colour, uh, almost like a plain shirt. Um, it was almost like a little bit of a protest. Um, there's also been talk of Denmark you know, boycotting future World Cups and stuff. I don't know. It, it's all very, very messy. And this isn't a, a newish thing uh, for, for the day, for Danish football. We had it a few years ago where a load of their players went on strike and they had to play a game with a load of uncapped players. So I think the fact that Denmark finished bottom, no wins, uh, despite having a, a, a relatively talented team, I don't think it's... It's not necessarily going to be one of those things where it's like Danish football is in turmoil because I don't think they wanted to be there anyway. And I get the impression from what I read and what I hear on the radio and, and different places is that, yeah, they're not really that bothered that they've gone out. So, you know. Group E. I mean, this was mental. <coughs> I apologise in advance. I've had a... Um, a cold this week and I've still got the remnants of a of a cough. Group E was absolutely crazy. So Spain played Japan last night and Spain were on four points. Japan were on three. Germany were on one. And I think anyone in Costa Rica... Um, we're on um, we're on three points as well, and and I think anyone any one of those teams could have gone through, and any one of those teams could have gone out. So the first half of Spain, Japan, Spain were just so dominant; it was eighty percent possession, ridiculous. <coughs> Jesus, I apologize. Eighty percent possession. Um, and Japan just couldn't lay a glove on them. And it just looked like it was going to be a real easy Spain win. And all eyes were on the Germany game. And Germany were, were winning uh, 1-0. So uh, at that point, you know, it, it did it did look like, well, Japan, Japan are going to go out here. And it will be Spain and Germany that go through. And then the second half, Japan were just a different beast. And before you knew it, Japan were 2-1 up. And then the next thing you know, Costa Rica are winning, two one, and for a for for, a, for a, a few seconds in that group in Group E, I think for around thirty seconds to a minute, maybe a little bit longer, both Spain and Germany were going out of the World Cup, and Costa Rica and Japan were going to go through. Germany did mount a comeback against Costa Rica, and they did end up winning four two. Kai Havertz with a couple of goals. Um, if you haven't seen the picture of him getting the Man of, Match, Man of the Match award, he looks absolutely thrilled to have won that. <laughs> um, but despite that comeback and despite the 4-2 win for Germany, the Germans are out. Now, 
controversy in the Japan game, and I did want to cover this, and you will have seen it, and I'm just going to very quickly give my take on it. You'll have seen all of the pictures of people drawing lines in their kitchen and, and putting a football there and going, oh, from this angle it looks out, and this angle it looks... and, and But you've got to look at this angle, because that means the ball's in. Basically what happened is, Japan's second goal, the ball looks like it's going out of play, it's tapped back into the middle and it's bundled into the net. Now VAR decided, it went to VAR and it was decided that the whole of the ball hadn't crossed the line so it wasn't a, a goal kick and that actually it had stayed in. But there are various different camera angles that show the ball looks like it's gone over the line. But as you know, as we now know, now that Hawkeye is very prevalent in a lot of leagues and especially in the Premier League, the ball can look in, but actually you only have to have a little bit of the ball hanging over and it's it's got to be the whole of the ball. It's the curvature of the ball, it's the lot. The whole thing has to be behind the line. That's why you see a lot of players when they take corners, the ball looks like it's not in the uh, in the quadrant or whatever you want to call it and actually it is because the linesman will look and if he doesn't see any daylight between the line and the and the curvature of the ball then it means that actually it's it is on the line in the you know in, in respects to the the laws of the game and the exact same thing as as has happened here so I get it. A lot of people have been saying, well, it's clearly out. What are VAR doing? This is dodgy. The dodgy part for me was the fact that it took almost 24 hours to for FIFA to release any sort of footage that explains the ball, the whole of the ball wasn't out. Now, I don't know how they've actually come to that decision. I, I agree and using my common sense and you know camera angles and all of that sort of thing the pole of the ball wasn't out but I don't know how VAR were able to decide that does it fall under clear and obvious I don't know I, I, I'm not really sure but essentially that controversial goal has knocked the Germans out and I for one think it is absolutely hilarious because we all remember the 2010 World Cup when Frank Lampard scored and the ball went about 17 foot over the line and it wasn't given. I mean, not that I've like held a grudge or anything against against the German national team uh, since then. You know, we beat them in the Euros last year. Lovely stuff. And for two World Cups in a row, they have been knocked out at the group stage. So, you know, happy days. Happy days, the Germans are out. Much love, a very bitter Englishman over here. But they're out. And, and Japan end up winning the group. Um, and Spain end up finishing second. Which means Spain play Morocco. Because in Group F, Morocco won the group. Now, at the start of the tournament, you would have looked at Group F and thought... Okay, it is an aging Belgian team. We get it, a Belgian uh, Belgian team. But they'll get out of that group. Surely they'll get out of that group. Um, 
but they didn't. And Morocco have ended up winning the group with seven points. They obviously they turned Belgium over in the uh, second round of fixtures, and they beat Canada last night. And then Belgium, Belgium failed to uh, to win last night against Croatia, only getting a draw. And the Belgians have gone out. The golden generation of Belgian players, the team that was going to dominate and do a Spain and win win Euros and World Cups, haven't done it. They haven't done it. And they still have some, you know, fantastic young players. I look at the likes of uh, Tillemans, uh, I think, is it Doku that they've got as well? Um, there's a couple of other younger players coming through. I mean, from a from a sort of from my point of view as a Leicester fan, you know, Wout Fass is 24, 25, so he could be at the next World Cup. The next World Cup is technically only three and a half years away. So these players, the likes of Tillemans and Fass and Doku and players like that, will be coming into their own. Um, but they have got an aging team. Um, you know, Witzel. Vertonghen, Alderweireld, they're all the wrong side of 30, really. And it's resulted in Roberto Martinez standing down. Now, his contract was up at the end of the tournament anyway. And given that they've been unable to get out of the group, you would have expect you would... It, it was inevitable that he was not going to have his contract renewed. So he's, he's stepped down. Um... There's a lot to be said. You look at you look at the Belgian team and you think and especially I think the big one for them was 2016 when they got to the semi-final against Wales. And you know, Wales were obviously, you know, you talk about the Welsh team and at the time they that was their golden generation. You know, you're talking about a uh, a, a Gareth Bale 6 years younger than he is now and various other players. Um, Ramsey and the like and you know they came up against a um, you know a team that um, well sorry it wasn't the Belgium Wales semi-final they played Belgium played Wales in the quarters which could have got them into the semis and then potentially through to uh, through to the final that's where they lost their opportunity I mean Lukaku had a couple of chances last night but the guys hardly played any football you know, it, it's it, he's he's been injured for most of the season, and then he gets thrown on to uh, to try and save them, and it just didn't happen. You know, clearly, clearly didn't happen. Um, I mean, Eden Hazard just barely played any football over the last three years. Um, like I say, the likes of you know Carrasco's twenty nine, Mounier, uh, um these players are, are, are getting on. Mertens, you know, ba- Batshuayi. Are you really going to win a World Cup with Batshuayi leading the line? Probably not. So it remains to be seen what happens to, to, to Belgium, who they get as their next manager. Will Thierry Henry step up from assistant manager? I, I'm not, not sure myself. I don't think that will happen. Could be wrong. Yeah, the Belgians are out, which makes it makes it even more interesting. Um, and then Group H, 
Absolute scenes earlier. Absolute scenes. Uh, we had Portugal versus Korea earlier on today. And it was 1-1 going into the uh, injury time, which has still been really high. The injury time, we've still had loads of it. We've still had, you know, we've still seen eight, nine minutes. Um, and actually, I think people have started to actually get used to it. But the amount of goals that have been been scored in injury time almost proves the point that actually we should be playing all that injury time if it's absolutely warranted. If players are, are cheating and time wasting and all of that sort of thing, or if the ball is players are taking their time with corners and throw-ins, then absolutely we should add that time. And the amount of goals that have been scored in injury time in, in this World Cup's been been crazy. Don't know the stats. Don't know whether it's kind of like more goals have been scored at this World Cup, etc. But effectively, you know, Korea uh, didn't look like they were going to make it through. They went 1-0 down really early on today against Portugal. But they came back to win to win 2-1. And as a result of that, it has sent Uruguay out. And you can inject this in my veins. Seeing Luis Suarez crying. Especially against Ghana as well, with everything that happened at the 2010 World Cup, I want to say. Where... There was the handball, he got sent off, but the Ghanaians missed the penalty and they missed the opportunity to progress. Suarez celebrating, all of that stuff. To see him crying, love it. However, however, for me, Uruguay should have had a penalty. Uh, there is, there is. I, I think, I'm, I'm right in saying, I believe it was... Um, I believe it was Lamptey, Tarek Lamptey, Brighton, who who fa- he fouled he fouled Cavani, and that was in the that was in you know like the sixth minute of nine minutes of injury time. It was a Stonewall penalty, and the Uruguay players were going ballistic at the end. Um, I imagine FIFA will put some sort of sanctions on them because of the way they surrounded the referee, and it wasn't just a sort of surrounding of the referee that we see in in the championship uh, sorry in, in the premier league or the championship or whatever this was a full on in their faces pushing the officials and stuff it it was shocking it wasn't even checked by VAR and i think that's the thing that's annoyed them the most um it was it was a stonewall penalty now there's no guarantee that they'd have scored it but so we've had we've had an exciting uh, final round of group games. I mean, I've not really covered um, Group A. The Netherlands went through as group winners and Senegal was second. Um, Qatar become the first host nations to not win a single game. Never mind. Uh, and like I say, England topped their group. Uh, the USA coming second in the end. Um, just a quick word on, on Wales. The, the emphasis was all on Wales uh, the other night against England. They needed to score by that. Sorry, they needed to win by four goals to to have any chance of going through. Um, which almost guaranteed, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant, but it was very unlikely that we were going to lose by four goals to Wales, and that proved to be the case because I just thought Wales were really, really poor. All things considered, they were they were really pedestrian. Uh, I mean, Gareth Bale ended up coming off at half-time, supposedly injured, but he 
he just isn't the player he was. Um, you know, he is not. He is very much not in his prime anymore. And that sounds like a really obvious thing to say. Aaron Ramsey the same. I mean, for me, for my opinion, I thought Ramsey could, maybe should have been sent off for that foul he did on Jordan Henderson. Now, Gareth Bale has said that he is... Um, he's going to keep playing for Wales as long as he's needed. As long as he keeps getting picked, he'll always make himself available. But... And it's easy for me to say I'm not a Wales fan, despite my links to, to Wales and stuff. I'm not a, I'm not a Wales fan. I'm an ad, admirer. I'm an admirer of Gareth Bale. I think he's a great player. One of the best players that Britain has ever produced. And I said one of before people start fucking messaging me and going on about George Best and stuff. One of the best players that have been produced in, in Britain um, certainly the best Welsh player people talk about John Charles and stuff but that's way before but before my era uh, and even even sort of like my parents era and stuff so um, if I was if I was the Wales manager as much as there would be a call for for Gareth Bale to be picked up uh, the, the Rob Page needs to look at the future now and for me, Gareth Bale should not be getting picked for Wales and he shouldn't be taking the place of a young up-and-coming player. That's purely my purely my uh, opinion on that. And um, whether it will happen or not, I don't know. And um, not really, really that, that bothered, to be honest. But I'm just saying, if, if he's not going to announce his retirement, I think maybe maybe Rob Page should do it for him and not pick him in the next squad. And I think the same goes for Aaron Ramsey as well. You know, it's t- Wales need to now start looking, looking towards the future. Um, just to, on England's performance, I thought we were great. Rashford, fantastic. Um, he's now, uh, I believe, he's a joint top goal scorer in the in the uh, in the tournament with a few, uh, a few others. Uh, yeah, so he is. Uh, so Morata, uh, Gakpo. Enna Valencia, who can't score anymore because Ecuador are out, and Mbappe and Rashford are all on three. A lot of criticism has come in for Harry Kane because he's not scored, and I believe he's not even had a shot on target. However, he tops the assist charts as it stands. Um, so, you know, he is obviously adding something to the team. It's just that we are so used to seeing Kane scoring so freely for Tottenham and for England over the recent years and it's but it's just not happening right now for him but I I wouldn't be playing a knockout game of football without him leading the line uh, I think the opportunity to not play to not play uh, Kane was either in these last two games uh, a lot of people were uh, frustrated that Jordan Henderson got a start and I've seen a lot of people say, oh, he's, he's crap. What does he add? I thought he did all of the, the horrible stuff that no one else wants to do. The pressing, the running, the tracking back, the off-ball stuff. I, I thought he did that brilliantly. And he's almost like having a manager on the pitch. He is he is a leader. you know. And I know people don't like him because he plays for Liverpool. People don't think he's particularly talented. But as a leader and as a captain, he's one of those that he... He knows he's probably not 
one of the one of the top eight or nine players on a pitch at any one time. There are probably loads of players that are, are better than him on the pitch. But he, he does what he can with the ability that he's got and, and he is and he is a good leader. Gareth Southgate has got an unbelievable headache as to as to the team that he plays in the next game. Surely he sticks with Rashford, you know, which is unfortunate for Saka because Saka's great, but Rashford's been been brilliant. And actually, United players across the tournament have been great, which is good news for United, I guess. And they've gotten rid of Ronaldo, of course, as we know, who is still being heavily linked with a move to uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's the same player that said that he's still good enough to play at the very top, but he's looking to take 160, 176 million a year to go and play in the uh, Saudi Arabian League. But uh, yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, Bruno Fernandez has been has has been great. I think Luke Shaw's played well. Rashford's playing brilliant. Harry Maguire has been playing brilliant. I thought he was definitely England's best player against America. It probably wasn't hard because I thought <laughs> thought that whole game was absolutely awful. Um, thank God I was out with people that I uh, like spending time with. Well, sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, poor game, really poor game. And and I, like I say, like I said at the start, I was really starting to think. Do you know what? This is the worst World Cup ever. And what what's happened from that is is it's got it's got FIFA talking about what's going to happen for the next World Cup. So the next World Cup is in three and a half years' time. We're going to go back to a Summer World Cup 2026. It's a joint one with... uh, You've got the USA, Canada and Mexico a joint hosts. You're going to have more teams and you're going to have more, um, more groups because what they're looking to do... I don't know if it's official... It's kind of fairly common knowledge because it's been talked about quite a lot this last week. It's going to be reduced down to um, groups of three rather than groups of four because what FIFA want to avoid is a situation where your final round of games is uh, a dead rubber, which can happen. You know, you can have teams, we've had it with Qatar, we've had it with Canada, where after two games, they're gone. So the final game is a dead rubber. But we have seen this week alone that teams have just come out of nowhere and qualified when they looked dead and buried. It didn't look like they were going to be able to to qualify. Stop messing around with the tournament, FIFA. Just leave it alone. You know, it's bad enough that you're going to be putting more teams into the tournament, which for me is going to reduce the overall quality because some of the football in this World Cup has been shit. Really shit. And then all you're going to do is introduce more shit teams into an already shit tournament. It's not a shit tournament. I'm, I'm, I'm going a bit over the top there. We don't want to see it. Okay? Now, because of what's happened this week and the excitement with the final group games... There has supposedly been talks, you know, uh, informal talks and little chats in corridors and in, you know, in VIP boxes and stuff at games that maybe actually we should go back to the four group thing. Um, 
but then what you will get is your your top two go through and then you'll get eight of your best third place teams will play in like a playoff and effectively what you'll get is rather than the knockout starting at a round of 16 it will start at a round of 32 it will still take um even with these more teams and if they go down to a three a three team group system um it will still be seven games to get you to a final effectively is the way that it's been worked out there's also been rumors this week and i just this hurts my head now i know the next world cup is being played in america along with the other two host nations and in American sports, generally, you don't have draws. You don't have a tie. It's settled with overtime, extra innings, all of that sort of stuff. So there has been rumours that another thing that FIFA want to do to be, to reduce the amount of draws that we get because there was a point last week where it felt like every game was nil-nil. I think there was three games three games one day and all three were nil-nil. It was shocking. There has been talks, apparently, that group games won't finish on a draw and if at the end of the 90 minutes in a group game it is a draw, it goes to penalties. And from what I read earlier, basically, you will still get the one point for the draw... But then, if you're if you if you win the penalty shootout, then you get an extra point or something like that. Just leave it alone. Just leave football alone, for goodness' sake. Seriously, stop getting football wrong. Anyway, I've ranted, and I've said shit a lot today getting prepared for the Premier League coming back in 23 4, 23 or 24 days time but ahead of that I'm going to be going to uh, MK Dons versus Leicester in the League Cup I've not been MK Dons before so I'll be able to tick that ground off my list I spent most of last weekend updating an app called Footballogy. This isn't an advert. This isn't a promotion. Uh, Westy showed it me. And you can basically mark on there all the games that you've been, individual games, and it, it works out all of these various stats and grounds that you've been to and how many countries you've watched football in. Um, and I went through it last weekend and I was adding it. And there's games that I've missed because I used to go to... I used to go to Hinkley Town and Hinkley Athletic games as a kid and I can't remember who they played and when. So I basically started from when my first game, 1992, Leicester versus Peterborough. Uh, we won 2-0. Um, and I've basically gone from there and I've added it through and stuff like that. And uh, it's actually mental the amount of games I've been to. Uh that I've remembered and uh, it's, it's crazy the amount uh, you know the, the games that I'd forgotten about as well it's which is 
which is strange. But I, I do really like the app because, it, like I say, it gives you a load of stats. It tells you a on this day thing. Um, the sad thing is I looked at the on the day, on this day thing, and uh, it told me that on this day in 2002, Leicester beat Leeds 3-1. And I remember the game as clear as day. I'm pretty sure it was Rio Ferdinand's debut for Leeds. He was terrible. Leicester with 3-0 up by half-time. Uh, happy days. Um, so, yeah. It's amazing the games you remember and stuff like that. But you know, if you are if you are someone that is is a nerd like me and wants to uh, track your um, the games that you've been to, if you're one of these that likes to tick off all these grounds that you've been to, all the different grounds and stuff and different games, um, yeah, I'd recommend it. Good app. It is ninety nine p a month, or you can pay nine pound for for a whole year. But you know, I think it's worth it. The one thing that surprised me the most was. Uh, obviously, I've entered all the Leicester games that I've been to. And believe it or not, although it doesn't feel like it, I've actually seen Leicester win more than I have seen them lose. Now, obviously, I've not been to every away game. And I haven't always, I've not always been to every home game either. But yeah, I was quite surprised at that because it feels like uh, I've, I've, watched, I've watched Leicester lose um, a lot more than I've seen them win. But, you know, that's just me being there pessimistic Leicester fan uh, so yeah go if you if, if that's your thing go and check the app out uh, for what it's worth um, 580 games I've been to uh, four different countries five if you count Barcelona as Catalonia and not Spain depends how political you want to be uh, and 50 50 grounds soon to be 51 when I go to MK Dons so yeah, happy days. Um, let's go back to the World Cup. Uh, there's a few minutes left in this Brazil game. Uh, it's still Cameroon nil, Brazil nil. Uh, and I believe that... Um, Serbia are still losing. Or Switzerland are still winning, should I say. So Switzerland are still winning. Which would put the Swiss through with... Uh, that would put the Swiss through with, with Brazil. So let's have a look at the knockout stages then. So we have uh, tomorrow or today, if you're listening to it on the day it's been released. Thank you very much if you have. The Netherlands versus the USA. Um, Netherlands have looked all right. Gakpo looks like a star. USA have got this young energetic side but I don't see I don't see a lot of goals in them this is where I'm going to look stupid and I'm going to realise that actually the USA scored loads, loads of goals um, no I mean in the three group games they scored two conceded one goal difference of plus one I mean in comparison you know England goals for nine goals against two um, and that and that's that you know that that's Apparently, Gareth Southgate is a pragmatic manager and a boring manager. Um, I'm not disagreeing with that. But nine goals is a, is a decent amount in a group stage. Um, I'm going to go with the Dutch there. I think that's a bit of an obvious one. but and, and this World Cup has thrown up loads of surprises. I do think the Netherlands might just have a bit too much for, for the Americans. Could go, to, could go to it. Obviously, we're now in the knockout stages. It has to, there has to be a winner. Extra time penalties. Um, Argentina versus Australia. 
you know the Australians look like they've got a lot of a lot of spirit, a lot of passion, all of that sort of stuff. But I think Argentina's quality will show uh, in in this one. Um, over on the other side of the draw on Sunday, we've got England versus Senegal, Senegal, whatever you want to call them. Um, I do fancy England to 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 win this one. But you never know, it's England. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with England, of course. And then you've got France versus Poland. Now, from what I've seen, I know they lost their final game. They made a lot of changes. You know, Mbappe was on the bench for the for the French in their final game. But based on what I've seen from France and based on what I've seen from Poland, who have got to be one of the worst teams to ever get out of a group stage. Awful. Um... It's got to be France, hasn't it? Which is unfortunate because it means that if England win and if France win, it's England-France in the quarterfinals. Um, but yeah, I can't see it being anything other than a than a, a, a France win on that one. On to Monday, we've got Japan versus Croatia. So you're going to get an unlikely nation reach the quarterfinals. I say unlikely, it's, you know... Um, Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Japan. They've, they've really impressed me. And, and actually what I saw from them second half yesterday was a team that were hardworking, loads of running. You know, they, they press. Very technically gifted. And I won't be able to find this. But a very, very long time ago, I put a Facebook status. I'm, talk, I'm talking... I don't know, maybe 12 years ago, if not longer. And I said and I said that Japan would be a future um, powerhouse in, in world football. And I think I... Oh, Cameroon have just scored in injury time against Brazil. Ooh. I told you it'd get exciting. I told you it'd get exciting. I'm not sure who scored. He took his shirt off. Ripped. Samuel Eto'o's in the crowd. Absolutely buzzing. Neymar's in the crowd. He's obviously not playing. He's injured. He don't look too happy. I don't think this changes anything. I don't think Cameroon have done enough. And Brazil... Would Brazil still go, still go through as winners? Oh. It's crazy scenes here, people. It's crazy scenes. Google hasn't updated. Come on. What are you playing at, Google? Come on. Here we go. They're still saying, they're still saying it's nil nil over on Google. Come on, boys, get sorted and girls. Anyway, where was I? Oh, hang on. Now the player that scored is getting a second yellow and a red for taking off his shirt. Wonderful stuff. Oh, Vincent Abubakar. So yeah, he scored. You've just scored against Brazil in the World Cup. You're gonna, yeah, and, and I'm not being funny, but if you rip like that, you're gonna take your shirt off. I would. I'd, I wouldn't wear a shirt if I looked like that. Great ball in, in between the centre backs. Good header, really good. Shame he's been sent off. Real shame. But there we go. Sorry about that. Lost my flow there a little bit, but uh, needs must and all that.
Yeah, it doesn't change it. It doesn't change anything. I'm just looking now. It doesn't it it doesn't necessarily change anything. Um Brazil's goal difference is 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 just about superior to to Switzerland. Um but Brazil would only top the group on goal difference the way, the way it stands. <coughs> Excuse me. I can't imagine this is a very good listen for you folks. I'm really sorry, but anyway, never mind. Um what I was saying was, uh, yeah, so years ago, one of the J- Japanese youth teams, I heard it on on the radio, I heard it on TalkSport, and they said that this this Japanese youth team, it was a Japan's national team, but it was there under, I don't know, 16s or 15s or something, and they absolutely dominated this tournament, and um, that led me to put a Facebook status that said Japan will be a, a future I know I might have said like a future World Cup winner or something. I don't think Japan are going to win this World Cup, but it just goes to show they're obviously doing something in Japan with their players. They're very technically gifted, etc. It's what I was trying to get at, and I made that so much longer than it needed to be. Okay, Morocco versus Spain. So Morocco getting through is obviously a, a surprise. Um, not a surprise if you're Samueletu. He said it was going to be a Morocco-Cameroon final. Now, Cameroon aren't going to go through, unfortunately. Uh, but Morocco have got Spain, and Spain look, again, they, they, Spain look, you know, very technically gifted, the way that they the way they pass the ball around, it just looks effortless. Um, Morata is playing really well. You know, you put the ball in the right place for him. And he will score. I think Morata's problem's always been is when he has to think about it. If he doesn't have to think about it for too long and he just thinks, oh, I've got to head this. Oh, that's a tap-in. He's fine. It's when he goes through one-on-one, he's like, he, he just, his arse falls out and he don't know what to do. I don't know where to go with this one. You would think that Spain would have too much, but Morocco have been, have been, Decent. Mm. I think this one goes to extra time and potentially penalties. That's where I'm going with that one. That way I don't have to pick a winner. Ooh, Brazil nearly scored. Um, And then, if things stay as they are, there's a couple of minutes left in this uh, Brazil game. We will have Brazil versus Korea. Now, Brazil play like this, which they won't. Korea, Korea, Korea. Korea play like they can. Could be an upset on the cards here. I do think Brazil will get through on this one. And then Portugal will play Switzerland. Yeah, Portugal-Switzerland will be the other game. Uh, I would quite like an upset here. I'd quite like to see the Swiss go through. I just have this real sneaking, horrible feeling. Oh, Brazil should have scored there. Uh, I just have this horrible, horrible feeling. And, And that sounds really cruel because I don't necessarily dislike the bloke. But the thought of seeing Cristiano Ronaldo lift the World Cup trophy makes me a little bit sick. Um, And I I am being an arsehole by saying that. 
Um, look, if if Portugal were to win the World Cup, Ronaldo lifts the trophy. That is just that is the final tick in the box for what will have been an unbelievable career, which obviously isn't over. He said he wants to play for probably another three years. But when people are obviously making that Messi-Ronaldo comparison, you know, if, if Ronaldo wins the World Cup and, and Messi doesn't, this looks like this could be Messi's last World Cup, then people will say that Ronaldo is the greatest ever based on just everything that he's done. Different leagues, won the Euros and, you know, potentially win the World Cup. This is all kind of crystal ball stuff and and whatnot. Um, you know, although... You know, Ronaldo was unlucky not to win the... Sorry. Oh, Brazil should have scored again. Um, Argentina should have probably won that World Cup in 2014 when the Germans won it. Um, You know, he does have a finally... Messi did win that Copa America. I know that Ronaldo has scored... You know, he's got the most goals, but I think Messi's, Messi's career goals, but Messi's only about 10 goals behind him. And he's played about 150 games less. Messi's got more Ballon d'Ors, blah, 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 all of that sort of thing. Um, and for me, from a technical and an ability point of view, Messi will always, for me, be always be the better footballer. Um, but if Portugal win the World Cup, then Ronaldo will go down probably as the greatest player ever. Even if he didn't play the rest of the games in in the tournament and they won it. But there we go. I'm talking all hypotheticals here. Portugal versus Switzerland as it stands. And uh, I hope I've got that right. I have got that right, haven't I? It will be Portugal versus Switzerland. At Portugal. Portugal win. So we could get we could get a, a Portugal Spain quarterfinals, which would be interesting. Um we'll wait and see. Uh, this has been a really sort of I bet this I apologise if this has been a really difficult listen because I'm I'm winging it a little bit. It probably feels like I'm winging it most weeks. I'm trying to watch the game as well. I'm making predictions on the fly. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so Cameroon have won. They have beat Brazil. But Brazil still go through as uh, as group winners. But only just. Only just. So we could have had... That would have been interesting, wouldn't it? If... If Switzerland had probably just scored a couple more goals or not conceded, for example. I mean, Jesus, the, the, the Switzerland game's gone to 100 minutes and there was seven minutes of added time. Uh, we could have had a Brazil-Portugal round of 16. Oh, that'd have been that'd have been awesome. But there we go. It is it is what it is. It is what it is. Right. I think that's enough of me for this week. Um weird podcast. But I've enjoyed it all the same. So thank you very much for listening. It's uh, it's greatly appreciated. I always say that. Um yeah, it really means a lot that you that you that there's there's a group of you out there that still listen, and it, it keeps me wanting to to do this podcast. And yeah, I'm having fun with it. And yeah, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Tell your friends about it. Tell them that there's some uh, some idiot 
who supports Leicester that does a podcast who says shit a lot. Um, but yeah, no, hit the note, you know, notifications, turn your notifications on so you know that when, when the next episode is available. Follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, uh, and the podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Who knows, in a few years I might be uh, the top listened podcast on your Spotify wrapped that we get at this time of year. I doubt it, but there we go. We'll wait and see. Obviously, don't forget to check out Sunny and the various things that he is doing at the moment. Uh, I'm sure there will be an episode of the Clubhouse out very soon, but I know he is a very busy man and he is going to be uh, doing some comms soon, uh, wrestling Hinkley for their Christmas Rumble, I believe. Um, and so he'll be doing comms there for that. Go and see him. It's at Hastings High School for those of you that live in the area. And Finn is doing great stuff over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steel. Go and check him out. And it's the same over on Twitter. That's it. This is episode 20. My name's Steve. Stay safe, stay well, and I will speak to you next time. Thank you.